Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello listeners, this is part two in a two-part series in which I talk to my friend Sarah Donnelly, who is an English teacher, stand-up comedian and American. In this episode, we talk about lots of different things in response to questions which were sent in by listeners to Luke's English Podcast on Facebook. So listen closely and you'll hear us talking about all kinds of things. I hope you enjoy the episode. That's it for now. Francesco says, hi, Sarah, and hi, Luke. Hello. Here in Italy, we're famous for our food, wine, and our historical heritage, but not certainly as English learners. I mean, they're not famous for learning English. Uh, I don't know. Or teachers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. English teachers or teachers? No, he's saying, she's saying, he, she, wait a minute. Francesco? Yeah, that's a man. Uh, He's saying that in Italy they're not famous for being good English learners. All right? Um, In your opinion, where do you think they have a good teaching method or technique and why? Where are the best teachers? Of English? Yes. I I don't... (laughs) In this room, I think. Here, right here. Um... Good, good answer. That no, that's why Luke's the best English teacher because he came up with that answer. Uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't think I know the answer to this question. Uh, I, I would say probably. Oh god, that, that's a very difficult question. Yeah. Who, who are the best teachers? My, I, my question to you be: Why do you do you want to know that? Do you want to go to the place where they have the best I teachers? Think, I think or he's just curious to see what curious. our answer. He just wants to know what we think about that question. I think probably depends. There are different methods, aren't there, for teaching? In my opinion, I think that. Well, see, I'm biased towards a certain approach to teaching, which has been sort of which I studied when I did, like, Cambridge teaching certificates. So I think probably in England... I, I can't say that other countries teach badly, because I'm sure that they're brilliant as well. But I know that in England we've developed um, approaches to teaching a language. You know, it's quite advanced, because English teaching is now a big industry, and it's, yeah. it's been going on for many years. So there are academics, many, many academics all over the country um, studying the, you know, acquisition of second languages, studying the methods for, for teaching. And so, you know, it's academically, it's quite a, in quite an advanced um, stage. So I'd say that I think there's a lot of expertise in the UK when it comes to um, teaching uh, a second language. Um, but then again, you know, I'm sure the French have got their their, their experts too, and and uh, America too. They're yeah, America has a lot of focus on teaching English as a second language. Uh, one of my good friends uh, got her master's in this in the United States. Uh, so, I would sorry just to interrupt. Sure. I would say actually, I think the Americans are probably maybe even ahead of us in in the UK because um, some of the groundbreaking. Um, academics 
in the study of, of learning a second language have been American. Like someone like Noam Chomsky oh. was considered, you know, he was one of the, 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 the leading academics on the whole subject. Uh, and so if you look at the history of teaching English or the history of the understanding of, of second language acquisition, certainly in, 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 in the Western world, maybe just in English, um, it's the Americans first who kind of, yeah. uh, you know, broke a lot of ground in terms of academic research. It's a difficult question to answer in a balanced way. You know, it really depends on what works for you as a student and what you expect from your teachers and what you're used to mm. as well. Because I think Americans in the classroom have a certain style that we've learned through going through school in the U.S. through our teachers. So yeah. uh, to some people, that could be unnerving, maybe. Yeah. Uh, too maybe casual. Yes, too uh, informal. Yeah, too informal. So, you know, but there you go. That's kind of one of the, the barriers that you have to get over as a, a, an English language teacher is that you have your all of your uh, academic background and all of your understanding of what makes a, a good uh, uh, English lesson. And then when you get a room full of students who come from different countries, <laughs> they all have their own version or understanding of what you should be doing. Right. And when you're not doing this thing that they think you should be doing, they kind of, sometimes they can freak out a little bit and they can be like, oh, what's this? This, this? this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so, for example, if the approach is like, well, the... Let's say the understanding is, well, the teacher is, is not high, higher in status than the, the students. Mm. The, the, the students, the teacher, everyone is on the same level of status. Therefore, the teacher doesn't have to wear a suit. He can wear a pair of jeans and a T-shirt, just like everyone else in the room. And that's fine, because everyone's on the same level of status. Now, some students from some cultures might see the teacher turn up in a, in a T-shirt and kind of immediately think, there's no way I can learn anything from this person. Right. Look, he's just wearing a T-shirt right. and jeans. So sometimes you get this sense of conflict between what the students expect, what the teacher understands to be a good method. Ultimately, it's a negotiation yeah. between the people in the class in that, at that moment and the teacher. And You've got to try and, again, think of it from the student's point of view and just find the, the path of least resistance and what's the most direct way of... On one hand, trying to teach in the best way that you think is possible, and on the other hand, meeting their expectations in order to avoid some kind of, you know, culture shock in, in the there classroom. There can be a little culture shock in the classroom, both in both directions. Mm. So mm. I think you know, and it makes sense. You're with people from different countries, and you know, we're all used to different methodologies. Uh, so you both as a teacher and a student, you just have to keep an open mind. Yeah, and you've got to be patient yeah. as well. Um, let's see. Gloria. Hi, Luke and Sarah. Hi. Hi. Have you had nightmare teaching experiences? Now, I have, and I've already gone through them in great detail on the podcast, um, but I wonder if you have, Sarah. Um... I haven't had any nightmare teaching experiences, and I think I'm very lucky uh, at this point in my teaching career. Mm. Uh, so I say, no, Luke's talked about them. Let's let's just sail on and say, no yeah. problems here. Okay, Everything's great. Gloria <laughs> says also, can you share one or some of them, but as a comedian? 
Well, I would say go back to the previous episodes of of, uh, of the podcast. To be honest, the the episodes where I talked about uh, my difficult teaching experiences weren't really comedy episodes. They were <laughs> they were supposed to be uh, yeah. just I don't know, just like personal experiences and uh, with a with a view to reflecting on 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 uh, ways of teaching and the whole situation of being a, a language teacher. Um, but it could be good, couldn't it? Don't you think? Should I build a, a comedy routine out of a teaching experience? Of co- I mean, sure, you can. Yeah. It's possible. Well, I've I've got one about teaching airport staff. Yes, which is very funny. But I would say you should share that, you know, in your comedy context and invite your listeners to find you in that way. Yeah, I would. Uh, it's difficult to know how to mix the two things yeah. up: mix English podcast and my comedy stuff sometimes they don't mix up it's a different hat it is a different hat exactly yeah, exactly. exactly I put on my comedy hat and I'm like hey everybody I don't, <laughs> I don't speak like that but you know he does he does <clears throat> it's not true hey everybody <laughs> he's actually he actually just puts on a big dinosaur costume and right. <laughs> why are my arms so small <laughs> um, and then uh, and then you know I wear my my suit and then it's like, hello, welcome to the English lesson. Let's get serious. It's time to learn some English. That's very serious. <laughs> That's very good, very yeah. authoritative. Um, right, so there you go. And does, uh, all right, Artis says, hi, Sarah and Luke. Hi. Hi. I'm studying, um, I'm studying a graduation in London. So studying a degree, I expect, in London to become a Spanish teacher. All right, so he's studying... A qualification, doing a course in London to become a Spanish teacher. I don't have any previous experience in teaching, but I'm really looking forward to starting this new job in the future. What advice would you give me about that? Was it hard for you for your first days of teaching? Thank you very much. Bye. Uh, don't go yet. We haven't finished. But, Bye. Uh, um, um, any advice uh, for a new teacher? Well, I think your motivation is good. That's key. Uh, you're excited like I said I'm still learning so I'm going to go to Luke Luke what's your advice my advice for um, first time teachers I would say at the beginning don't be scared to try new things alright so at the beginning you know it's it's hard to become really good at, at teaching it is and the way you do it is to you, be brave take a you know have a bit of courage and try and do some new some new things. Follow what uh, you think is the right thing to do, but also enjoy it and enjoy experimenting with different ways of teaching the language. Okay, don't be afraid to bring your personality into it a bit. Um, not too much. You shouldn't be the dominating force in the room, but um, you know, bring your enthusiasm into the classroom as well, because that will give the give a bit of spice to the lesson and maybe give a bit of energy to proceedings i kind of feel like um i don't have to be perfect i don't have to know all of the answers and just to reassure yourself that uh Mm. i i don't think students expect that maybe some do but some do a little bit but i think at the same time your students can respect the fact if you say you know i'm going to double check for you and i'm going to get back to you at the next class and then when you follow through with that that's then you've won your credibility back if uh not that you lost it but 
because I get nervous about, oh, I don't know everything about everything. And, you know, okay, maybe some people expect that. That's not reasonable. We're people. Mm. We're learning. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Another thing to remember, Artis, I guess if you're teaching Spanish, the main advantage you've got is that you're a, a native speaker of Spanish. And you should always fall back on that. And if someone asks you a question about the language and you think, oh, my God, that's a bit of an area of grammar that's difficult for me, you can always fall back on the, the fact that you just know what's right and wrong through instinct. And you can just say, well, what do people actually say in my country? And then you just say, well, people don't say that. They say this. And your student might say, well, why? And sometimes the best answer you can give is just, well, just because they don't. You know, it, again, it could be collocation. It just, but these words go together. This is very common, yeah. very frequent, frequently occurring piece of language. That's just the way it works in th- Spanish. Some, yeah, you, sometimes you can't you can't explain every nuance of language. Why do people say things like this? Because they do, and it might not even be technically grammatically mm. correct. Uh, I, I found for myself when I was learning French. Uh, in my beginner levels, there were people who really wanted to know the theory, uh, which is fine. But for me, I was like, I was less interested. I don't need to know why at the very nuanced level we have to say things like this. I just want to know that that's what I say. Mm. And if I can understand that, I'm happy. And I think that's satisfactory for a lot of students as well. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um Right, Michael Alexander Rees says, could you interview more British people? Oh. Um, what else does he say? <laughs> I, read, I read this comment and I was like, hey. He said, could you interview more British people, teacher Luke, please? Well, you know, I guess that's because people who listen to this, to an extent, they, they, they want to get their fix of British English. Oh. But I think, uh, as Sorry. I said, I, I responded to that by saying, um, well, I think, you know, I understand. I understand why he's written that. But I also think that it's good to get some variety. And if it's just British English all the time, that's going to be a slightly narrow view. Obviously, it's a, it's a British English podcast mainly. But I think that doesn't mean that, that uh, I can't have American guests on the show. Well, it's your show, yeah, so yeah, exactly. you can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. I think it's, I, I, I'm very happy to have different variations of English on the show. And that includes American English. If I, you know, I wish I knew more Australian people because I'd have, you know, my Australian friends on the show, South Africans, New Zealand, you know. Uh, I wish I had more Scottish friends. I'd invite more of them onto the show. And I'd love to have, you know, I just want to have every variation of uh, English in the show, to be honest. Yeah. Now, it's a British English show because I'm Luke and I'm from the uk british yeah so of course that's the (laughs) default setting for luke's english podcast but i think it's great to have people who speak the different versions of english it's the spice of life exactly variety variety well maybe he didn't mean it in a in a negative way i i don't think so i don't think anyone means anything in a negative way in luke's in the world of luke's english podcast and if they do then you know then uh i might throw a custard pie in their face yeah. Very English thing to do. Yes, indeed. Right, Nail, Nail Nale says, could you please ask her how to entirely understand English news more efficiently? I've listened to the BBC News podcasts for several months, but I still sometimes find it difficult to understand. 
<laughs> right. So, in no more than ten sentences, how can you entirely understand English news more efficiently? I think it's a fair question, I suppose, because you know. But mm. but what do you think? Um, you could throw it back to me. If you I like. would say. Well, this is like a challenge now. Um, repetition. Uh-huh. Uh I personally read both the French news and. I read a French paper and the New York Times uh, every day. So I would say repetition is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're already doing that, which is good. I think you probably have made gains that you maybe don't realize. If you're doing, if you've been doing this for several months, that certainly has to be having an impact. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure it is. I, I would say keep going. Yeah, just keep doing it because you know results. You don't often see the results until later on. It can take a long time. Yeah. And the second thing is, uh, a lot of people use the news, particularly BBC News, as their sort of standard for learning English. But uh, you know, you have to understand that that's not necessarily the most natural um, example of English. And in fact, the BBC News they use lots and lots of colourful language. They're journalists. Right. You know, they um, often the things that you're listening to are have been written as well. It's not um, improvised no. orally. It's written down first and then repeated. And they're journalists. They are they're writing in a sort of journalistic register, which is difficult to understand sometimes. Also, it could be that the subject matter is hard. Maybe these are complicated political stories or economic issues or complex sort of uh, socio-political disputes. And of course that that's difficult to understand for anyone sometimes i listen to the bbc news and i don't understand a lot of it just not because of the language itself but just because the story is complex Mm -hmm. and so that's difficult to follow so i wouldn't feel too bad if you can't understand absolutely everything in a bbc news podcast maybe the bbc news podcast is not the podcast for you well i i think it probably is but uh persistence and patience and also don't be downheartened if you can't understand everything keep going um but if you if you like try and find something else that, that's that, what that's only what i'm saying maybe yeah. you want to try something else that I mean, you maybe something different might be good or maybe you say no i like this one keep i want to keep on it I wonder why Nail Nale has chosen the BBC News podcast. Is it because you have a specific interest in news? I mean, do you listen to the news in your language a lot? Are you like a real news sort of uh, addict? Uh, because if you like news in your first language, then sure, I understand why you've chosen the BBC News podcast. But if you're not really that interested in current events, or if you don't really enjoy listening to news itself then maybe you need to find another podcast um and i bbc podcasts are really good because they're very well produced and they're very well made and there's a standard of quality um so i would suggest that you go on to uh, google bbc podcasts you might know this already but anyway bbc podcasts uh, and you'll find a whole directory of all of their podcasts and they have you know, podcasts on loads of different subjects, loads of them. Um, not just news, you can have entertainment, uh, sports, um, all kinds of things. So have a look and you might find one that is more appropriate to your personal preferences. You know, you might find one on a subject that you really like 
and you might just you might find that even if you don't understand everything you don't mind because you just enjoy listening to it right that's really important you got to yeah just, you have to enjoy what you're doing it's yeah. going to be a lot harder i mean of course there's parts of learning english learning foreign language which are you know not the most fun but if you're trying to supplement your studies mm. yeah it should be something that interests you yeah. also i would say um to this listener that yeah so in in summary don't give up keep listening to those podcasts but also understand uh that they're they're particularly difficult ones that you're trying to to understand and thirdly uh, don't feel bad if you don't understand everything. That's kind of normal. Okay? Right. Done. Yeah. Let's Done. move on. Um, Peng Heng says, Well, Luke, I want to know, when two friends didn't see each other for a long time and they, have, and they meet finally, what do they always talk about? Weather, movies, or other things? I'm not sure about the talking points in Western culture. Right. Mm. Now, rather than explaining this, Sarah, let's demonstrate shall we okay let's imagine that i haven't seen you for like four weeks okay okay four weeks so let's let's just imagine that so i'm gonna i'm gonna walk away and i'm gonna come back and we're and i'm gonna sit down and we're just gonna catch up okay Okay. and then peng heng listen carefully and you can just see how we do it right okay can you just sort of explain what's happening okay so luke has now walked over to his stairs I was going to go outside. Okay, he's he's leaving the apartment. Oh no. Okay. What are you doing in my apartment? (laughs) Oh hi, Luke. No, sorry. That was a joke. It was a test. Okay. Hi, Luke. So good to see you. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. All right. God, it's been like so long since we've seen each other. No, yeah, it's been ages, hasn't it? did you have a nice vacation? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where uh, I forgot. Where did you say that you you went? We went to um, we went to the uh, Isle of Man. Yeah. You went to the Isle of Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we went to the Isle of Man. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was quite cold, but uh, have you ever been? There? I've never been. That where is that exactly? It's, uh, I don't it's know. in the sea. Um, it's right, island. it's an island, yeah. but I meant specifically located. Ah. It's Where? um, it's 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 sort of between England and and, and Ireland. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. It's a little is. island in the in the sea there. Yeah. So we went we went there. Oh, that's just great. Just a couple of weeks. Did you go Remember away that? somewhere? I did. I went back to the U.S. I saw my friends. I spent time with my parents. So it was really nice. I'm having a you know interesting time adjusting back trying yeah. you know get out of vacation mode into yeah. like work and everything right. how's and it been getting back oh it's been slow yeah but i've got a busy schedule ahead mm-hmm. um teaching a few new classes so that's exciting oh yeah how's yeah. it how's the teaching going it's going good i love my students so far yeah they're really great really eager so i'm yeah. having fun uh, and are you still? Where are you teaching? Where are you still I'm, teaching? I'm uh, I'm at the university now. Oh yeah. Started the new job. Just, That's uh, great. Just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 different, um, but it's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Totally, a totally different teaching context. Um, it's cool. Yeah. So I'm just getting used to it at the moment. Um, it's been a bit stressful just adjusting to the the differences but um no it's great it's, it's good yeah. and 
and uh, how's your girlfriend? Oh yeah, she's fine. She's good. Yeah, she's good. fine. Thanks. Yeah, she's quite busy too. But we had we had a great time on on holiday. Cool. She she likes the Isle of Man. I mean, she it was a surprise. She didn't know where we were going. Oh, yeah, that's fun. So. Um, she thought, oh, where are we going? The Bahamas? Or, nope. You know, we're going to go to... <laughs> Isle of Man. We're going Man. to Sydney. It's like, no, 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 even better than that. We're going to go to the Isle of Man. She's like, the Isle of Man? Wow. Where's that? The, the Pacific? And I was like, no, it's in the North Sea. It's in, it's but in she the- liked it. You're making it sound like... The way you're setting this up is you really disappointed her. So I'm not sure I believe you. She wanted to go to Sydney. You took her to the Isle of Man. I'm just kidding, really. Um... Uh, she hated it. <laughs> no, we, well, okay, back to reality. So, <laughs> back to reality again. So there you go, Penheng. I guess what we do is we, if we're friend, if we're quite good friends with a person, we ask them about what they've been doing. So we ask them about their recent activities. So you know, um, for example, what have you been doing? So I've been on holiday, or I've been working, and we ask about. Often about personal experiences. Family. Um, Yeah. And I think you can easily change the subject, which is what I tried to do. Like you were talking about uh, teaching's going well, and then I just said, oh, and how's your girlfriend? Yeah. It's perfectly acceptable to listen to someone and then change the subject to something else. As long as you're you're sort of showing interest in -hmm. in the other person's uh, life, and as long as you're showing interest in, in their happiness and their well-being... I think that's kind of a good mm. uh, bit of advice, I think, is to focus on, you know, how are you? Are you well, basically? Is everything mm-hmm. good? And keep it positive. Ask sort of ask questions that allow the person to talk about themselves a little bit. Sometimes we, we ask about, you know, our feelings. Like, how is your new job? You know, mm-hmm. oh, it's good, thanks. I'm having a, you know, it's, it's a little bit stressful. Oh, that must be difficult. Um, so sort of sympathetic, friendly, asking about personal experiences and maybe asking about uh, friends or relatives, things like that. Okay? Yes? I think that's okay. All right. So let's move on to Omar Dabi. And Omar says, thanks, Luke, for your work. In fact, I don't have particular questions to ask i'm just waiting to listen and learn well it's happening now omar you're listening and you're learning at the same time i hope you're learning something i hope you're not forgetting things that you used to know right right tatiana says hi luke thanks for your work your podcast really helps me to improve my skills in listening i hope that sarah will be okay soon and the flu isn't serious thank you tatiana i'm i'm feeling much better it was not very serious but you know when the weather changes, yeah. you get sick. It's going round at the moment. Um, please ask her how much time is it necessary to spend learning English every day before you can speak English fluently, Tatiana. Well, considering that I started doing this when I was a baby, it took years. Yeah. Uh, all the time. And that's when you were a baby. 24-7. You learn differently as a baby. So, um, I would say kind of some of the themes that we've already touched on you know, of course, in a vacuum, uh, you know, d- just take it all in as much as you can. But mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, you have a life. I don't know where you live. You have a job. You have friends. You have family. So I would say try to do as much as you can in a meaningful way, meaning uh, don't think that you can just turn on a movie in English and have it playing in the background and be cleaning your house and just think that way it's, mm. you know, it's going to get in there. Mm. 
it has to be engaging for you. Um, and I think it takes a little bit of everything, honestly. You need to, to read a little, uh, listen a little, uh, maybe write a little. Um, mm. A kind of a mix. I think... Um I mean, Tatiana's actually specifically asked how how long, like uh, how much time is necessary. It's, um, I mean, it's to be honest, it's difficult to give like a specific number of days or right. specific number of hours <laughs> before you can get fluent, and it depends. It depends on each individual. Some people seem to pick the language up really fast and they get fluent really quickly. Others, it takes a lot longer. Um, so Tatiana, uh, I guess it sort of depends on you and your 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 personality. Um, yeah. But you're right. W- Sarah is right. I mean, what we do know is that if you sort of actively, uh, you know, engage with the learning process, that's going to help. And if you do lots, you know, do as many things as you can. Stay positive. Be patient. Um, and uh, get involved with the learning process. That's going to help. I think I did an episode couple of years ago which is called are you a good learner of english and I, I recommend that you go back to that episode and listen to it because it's full of bits of advice on how to be a good learner of english basically there um, um sorry no, there was a it. study uh that i saw recently uh that said in order to gain fluency on a social level in English, it can take three to five years. Whoa. Three to five years of what, though? Yeah. I think uh, engaging in a meaningful way on a regular basis. And for academic, you know, five to seven years. But this is, we're talking bilingual, bilingualism. Like you're 100%. It doesn't mean you can't have a very high level sooner than that. I think for me, something that's quite annoying, I moved to France. I've been in France for over a year. I've been a a student of French. And people say, oh, you must be fluent by now. And I'm like, no, no. It's very difficult to learn a foreign language, mm. and you don't gain fluency like that. Tatiana, if if you if you did nothing but operated purely in English, you spoke English all day, you studied English, you listened to English, and then outside of your classes, everything was in English. In fact, there was no Russian or no... Or I don't know what your first language is, Tatiana, but um, there's no... You, you never hear or read your first language you just operate for like a whole year just in English, that obviously is going to be a lot more effective right. than a year in which you spend six hours studying in a class and then as soon as you leave that classroom, it's back to your first language again. Then, you know, that's not going to be as effective. So it really depends on how you spend the time. So it's very hard to, you know, yeah. give a, 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 num- a specific number of days. And I don't think Luke is saying you do the first thing because that's not realistic yeah, and that's not how yeah. life is. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, you can, you can um, it's just a question of balance, you know. Often people can't do everything in English. It depends. But um, generally speaking, it, I think it takes about a year or at least a year, I think, to, again, it depends where your starting point is. But it's a long-term, it's a long-term thing, definitely. I mean, for my students over the summer, I recommended, um, and this is for a intermediate English student, um, I just gave an exercise, write 
for 10 minutes in a journal every day of a topic of your choice. Sometimes I gave him topics. Mm-hmm. And also read for an hour. And this was for a child on summer break so you know they're not working. And read for an hour every day. Yeah, good. And to do that, uh, when you're not in the classroom setting, uh, I think was helpful for him. So my point is, if you create a goal for yourself, a daily goal, and it and it can be small. It can be just, I'm going to read in English for 15 minutes every day. That's meaningful. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, don't think, you know, of course, obviously the more you can do, but be realistic to yourself yeah. and make a goal that's achievable, that's hard but achievable. I think uh, setting realistic goals is a very useful thing to do. Often it's a question of being organized. If you're organized about your learning and you set yourself some realistic goals, then that kind of allows you to make steps more more easily. But Tatiana, we don't know what your learning process is, as a matter of fact. Um, so, um, you know, feel free to share your your approach to learning. I wonder how, you, how you're doing it. Uh, maybe it's just Luke's English podcast and that's enough. And who knows? Maybe you're going to be like the, the president of your country one day. And you'll you'll speak uh, like uh, like me. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yes, imagine the president. And we now welcome the president of Russia, um, Tatiana Possevich. I don't know if Tatiana's from Russia, but so I, I, and that might be very offensive. But she comes along and goes, "Hello, everyone. Welcome to my country. This is uh, Tatiana from Tatiana's country." Tatiana's Country (laughs) podcast. I mean, Tatiana's Country. Um, Today, I'm um, today I'm ratifying a peace agreement. You might think to yourself, "What's a peace agreement?" Well, that would be if if the president of a country had learnt their English from Luke's English (laughs) podcast. But good, it's okay because we're going to have a cup of coffee with Sarah Donnelly who's going to explain her methods of ratifying a peace agreement feel free uh, delegates from other countries who have gathered here today feel free to leave a comment um, under this this speech Uh, I know that's not possible but uh, nevertheless um, let's carry on let's carry on alright so uh, we're near the end of these questions and the the next one is Mohammed Reza who says um, why he says why do I get confused sometimes when I speak I know the words but I can't remember them at the time of speaking is there any method to tackle this oh dear okay I've heard this thing which is that um, something a, a, a teacher friend of Michael Francis told me once or I heard him explain it that the there are two parts of the brain, okay? There's, well, there's, there's your mouth, which does the speaking, and then there's the grammar section of your brain. And they are connected, but they're connected by a very thin line, okay? <laughs> and sometimes the connection breaks. So when you're speaking, um, uh, you know, you lose the connection with the part of your brain that understands the rules of grammar and the meaning of words. Um, so I guess that's what happens, is that you store knowledge of the language in a different place in your of your brain to the part which deals with speaking and and creating discourse on the spot um well it's very difficult uh when you're responding in a second language or third language or whatever or language that your non-native language and mm. you have to you're creating the sentence you know you're trying to express a feeling that you have or an opinion Especially if you're trying to 
kind of check yourself as you go along and say, okay, mm. am, I, am I putting the verb in the right place? Have I conjugated this correctly? And all these things. Uh, I, I experienced this in French. Yeah. Um, and it is frustrating. You're just trying to get the words out or you can't say what you want to say. Uh, but I think in those moments, and I have to remind myself this as well, yeah. uh, you can take a minute, not, not a minute, but you can take a few seconds and whew, take the pause and then try again because, you know, when we get worked up, when we get frustrated, uh, even, you know, it's like when you're having an argument with someone. If you get worked up and you get frustrated and things aren't coming out the way that you want them mm. to. So try to maybe take a moment to calm yourself down, you know, even just a beat to wait. Mm. Yes. And then try and then go for the second time. Uh, and the more... C- you learn and the more comfortable you become that happens less but of course even when I speak English there are times I forget words or uh, the end of what I'm trying to say the point I'm trying to make I mean it's just normal we're humans I think uh, also it's practice just practice practice yeah. practice the more you you practice speaking the, the the more you're exercising that part of your brain um, it's like going to the gym in a way practice it again and again and it'll become easier just practice yep. practice 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 um my iP- i'm giving up on the ipad because for some reason i think to be honest it's the app it's not the ipad it's the facebook app that i'm using so i'm switching to my mobile you know what sarah we missed out some questions we did i know we did because there was one that i read mm. and it hasn't been addressed i'm going to try and deal with them so joaquin says hi congratulations for the podcast it's cool thanks I'd like to know if British and American teachers have the same approach to teaching. My British teachers have always taught the language with a high dose of grammar, together with their country culture and customs, while the Americans have been more worried about teaching how to communicate in daily life rather than being very academic in the use of, lang- in the use of English. Um, I-, I think I can probably answer that pretty quickly and say I find you could say it the other way around as well i think Mm. in britain we often teach with reference to everyday english and customs and culture i i I know in britain you you get lots of different types of course some which are more academic have a more academic focus on the language and others which are a lot more practical and based on generally just how to achieve certain functional I think for people who are asking questions about differences in teaching styles and maybe you're asking this because you're looking to find an English class, um, yeah, I think look into different schools because there's going to be different approaches and I think you can get the sense of, you know, is this going to be more academic and focused on really the nuts and bolts and repetition? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do they offer things like, you know, small group outings? What what are kind of the differences in the programs? Am I going to be in a class with 50 people yeah. uh, in a lecture-type setting, or am I going to be in a smaller yeah. group? Uh, it, it depends on the individual institution or yeah. even the teacher. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard to make generalizations about these things. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I'm afraid, due to a technical problem, that's all I have of that recording. Um, Now, originally, Sarah and I talked for at least another 20 minutes uh, in response to your questions, but because of my old and uh, malfunctioning computer, for some reason I lost the last 20 minutes. 
So uh, that's all for this episode, I'm afraid. And I will speak to you again at some point in the near future. So that's it. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.